Welcome to the Hired Geek Podcast. I'm Dustin Ramsdell, and every week I'm having conversations with influential hired leaders about the work they're doing, the impact they're making, and how you too can better implement technology to support student success. We are here with episode two of our ongoing series in partnership with Pathify here on the Hired Geek Podcast, talking with institutional leaders and uh, getting their perspectives on building a digital first strategic plan, something that's been on my mind a lot of just sort of thinking in a digital first way of how you're building kind of digital student experiences, communicating with students, marketing out to various stakeholders and things. So that, that'll be where we focus today with our guest is on kind of the marketing outreach communication side of things. Obviously a lot there, we'll cover as much as we can in the time that we have, but uh, we'll start it as we always do. Eric, if you want to introduce yourself and your professional background briefly, and then we'll get on with the rest of our conversation here. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Dustin. I'm Eric Hazen. I'm the Director of Digital Marketing at Ferris State University in Big Rapids, Michigan. Um, I think I'm in my 10th year in marketing now, uh, so a little over a decade. Uh, Seventh year in higher education marketing. Um, So I've had kind of a great vantage point from there to see this rapid professionalization change in higher education marketing uh, over the last decade. Um, So great to be here. Yeah, I appreciate you uh, hanging out and chatting about everything because, yeah, I mean, just, yeah, the past 10 years has been, you know, a big period of time for digital transformation of institutions, but certainly marketing is one of those big areas that I think what I say a lot, and I don't know if you have any sort of perspective on this, but like growing up even, like, I don't feel like most institutions really like marketed themselves, you know, now it's like, I have this like game when I'm like driving on i-95 seeing how many billboards i see of like institutions and stuff and it's just like it's a lot like there's just a lot of people trying to like do those sort of big splashy things and obviously there's more of the sort of granular marketing things for prospective students but also like day-to-day you know you're just communicating with your current student body so i guess i'll let you if you have any sort of thoughts on that of that idea of like just even the notion of an institution marketing themselves like that's just become more normalized. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think even, you know, what, seven years ago, when I got into higher ed marketing, marketing or brand were dirty words on most campuses, ours included, you know, and the idea that we should have to sell ourselves to prospective students or market a a brand of an institution was just so not something that had ever really been tackled and, and was seen as somehow maybe beneath higher education in some sense. And that has certainly changed. I mean, our um, our vice president of marketing and advancement is a cabinet member president in the president's cabinet with influence on everything that goes on at the institution. So that has changed so much so fast to give marketing a seat at the table institutionally. Um, and I think our influence is only going to continue to grow as we, you know, get into that other dirty word, the the enrollment cliff or the demographic cliff, whichever you prefer. And as we help our institutions navigate that, I, I think we'll be relied upon heavily to help our institutions make it through that time. Yeah, because it's something that my mind just kind of was connecting dots was like, I think over the same period of time as a sort of like holistic value of higher ed, has been like access. And part of that was like, okay, we're like investing more in digital education, online courses and programs and uh, different things like that. But then like, that would only go so far if you weren't like telling people about it and intentionally being like, we 
want you. Like we are here for you. Like we want to sort of like make ourselves available and known and, you know, known in the way like with the brand that aligns with, you know, your particular institution and everything. So yeah, certainly an interesting time. And certainly, like you said, you know, coming to now and the role that you have has certainly been influenced by all those changes and everything. So if you want to just get into sort of the nuances of your role in particular right now at Ferris State and just shape that by like how you've interacted with the Pathify platform in particular, I guess is sort of a way to like just contextualize it. Yeah, for sure. And I think just to add on add on to what we were saying before, I mean, the other issue that higher ed needs to tackle is that trust gap that's forming with the public, right? There is a, a sense among some folks in our country that higher ed is not the value proposition that it once was. And it's up to, I think, the communications. But I mean, our faculty members, our professional advisors, the other professionals at our institution are doing the hard work to make sure that value is there. And it's our job as the marketers and communicators on campus to make sure that the world knows about that value. And so I think my role, we're we're kind of uniquely positioned. I have the privilege of leading a really dynamic team of web developers, content creators. And our job is to tell that Ferris story to the public and help the public understand the unique opportunities we offer students in Big Rapids and across Michigan and the country. But we are uniquely uniquely positioned to provide a holistic approach to the student's experience at this point because we handle everything from digital advertising to the website and now... um, our uh, new plat- our new campus portal uh, on the Pathify platform. We branded it as Ferris 360 because it's a brand new direction for Ferris State University. So we are really uniquely positioned to to influence that entire lifetime value of the student, which is a really exciting place to be. Yeah, and that kind of builds right to my next question. Is just sort of like getting and get more specific about, you know, just making these sort of uh, broader statements about like, you know, the impacts that digital tools and things have been having. So getting specific, certainly, you know, tools like Pathify, like, you know, uh, expanding and just sort of more institutional leaders thinking about how they're sort of curating a digital student experience. And there's even just a lot of aspects to that. But if you want to get into even not necessarily like Pathify specifically, but that as sort of a wave of digital transformation impacting your work? Like, are there other particular tools that you've sort of brought on or sunsetted or things like that of like, how you've seen your day to day work being impacted by digital tools? Yeah, absolutely. The our students primary interface with our campus is digital, right? I mean, whether they're paying their bill, they're registering for classes, they're meeting with their advisor, they're looking at the campus map, they're doing all of it digitally. And that's where they're comfortable. That's where I'm comfortable, right? That's where they want to uh, experience those things. And so for those of us working in higher education, we can often dismiss this sort of um, lag behind, you know, private industry and other businesses of, you know, we're offering these experiences that aren't quite up to the same level as some of those businesses out there, other industries. And we can go, oh, you know, higher ed moves so slow. Uh, what can you do? Or a university is a big ship. It's hard to turn around. I hear that constantly, right? And I don't accept that. Uh, and and our students shouldn't have to accept that either. I mean, they live their entire lives digitally and they see no difference between us and the other big brands that they interact with in that digital space. So Amazon delivers physical goods the same day or the next day or very close to it. 
Netflix, you know, Spotify, they are always providing a reliable stream of high quality entertainment. And what's more is that content and that entertainment is personalized to them. Amazon says, oh, this is the product you're looking for. They don't have to go looking for it. Netflix says, ah, oh, you might like this. Uh, Spotify does the exact same thing. These are what they're expecting from digital platforms. And when we don't deliver that, it doesn't, they don't go, oh, well, they're higher ed. You know, higher ed's hard to turn around. They're a big ship. They go, what's wrong with my university? <laughs> Why are they so far behind everybody else? And so I don't think that it's, it's reasonable for us to expect them to accept that level uh, of user experience that's not up to what their expectations are, especially when you consider the value and cost that they're, the value they're expecting and the cost they're putting into attending our institutions. So tools like, like Pathify's platform have really allowed us to start unlocking those user experiences that make the difference for our students. As we implemented, so my team led the implementation from the content and design side of Pathify. And one of the things that we did to prepare for the implementation was just tons of user interviews, interview students, interview faculty, interview staff, and say, this portal that we've had for I don't even know how long we had the previous portal. It was there for forever. What would you expect in the next portal? And one of the really common themes was that students would double back to, well, if Ferris had only had this specific resource that I needed, I would have been more successful last semester or last school year or in my entire education at Ferris. And the super depressing thing for all of us was that very often we would have those resources available on campus. The student or even the faculty or staff member was just not aware of that tool. And that goes to our inability to create the experiences and make those resources discoverable for the student in these legacy tools that we were utilizing. Um, so as we worked through the Pathify implementation, something we were so excited about was connecting those students and faculty and staff members with the resources that could change their trajectory of their semester, change the trajectory of their entire school year, or to that, I mean, change the trajectory of their lives, accelerate them forward into whatever it is they're passionate about pursuing. So I think that in that sense, you know, the digital tools that we use, um, there should not be a separation. Hey guys, it's Zach here, founder of Enrollify with some huge, huge news. So I am ecstatic to announce that Element 451, the AI-powered all-in-one CRM platform for higher education, has acquired Enrollify. Back in 2019, I approached Tony Frega, the CEO of DD Agency, with an idea. Tony's a good friend of mine, and so I said, dude, let's build a next-generation media hub for higher ed marketers and admissions professionals. As a lover of media, I was just so impressed by how the attention landscape was changing and how brands like The Skim and The Hustle and Morning Brew began to eat up market share from more traditional publications. And I thought there was an opportunity to build something similar, uh, you know, obviously a lot smaller, but similar in the niche, but oh so important arena of higher education marketing. Tony and the leadership at DD were gracious enough to allow me the time and the space to ideate on this half-baked idea and then launch Enrollify's first ever content asset, which was, you guessed it, the Enrollify podcast. 
Since then, Enrollify has grown into one of the most trusted resources for candid higher education marketing content in the industry. And we've welcomed industry giants like Terry Flannery, Jamie Hunt, Allison Tercio, Eddie Francis, Dave Kibbles, and Jeremy Tears, just to name a few, into our network of creators. As we started thinking about the next chapter of Enrollify's life, it became clear that it was time for Enrollify to scale. I'm pretty good at building things, but scaling things is a skill I'm still working on. When thinking about who could take Enrollify to the next level, I felt as if artists, Mallory, and the leadership at Element 451 were uniquely qualified to inherit the brand. Element has actually been a part of Enrollify's story since the very beginning. They were our second podcast sponsor ever. They've invested in almost every experiment that we've ever run. They ship product faster than any other ed tech company I've ever met. And perhaps most importantly, artists and the leadership team invest seriously in thought leadership and education. Building Enrollify has been the most rewarding experience of my professional career to date, and I couldn't be happier to collaborate with the Element team as we seek to take Enrollify to the next level. And don't worry, I'm not going anywhere just yet. You are not through with my lovely voice just yet. Um, but if you've found any value in Enrollify over your years of tuning into our content or watching our videos, it would mean a lot if you could share a kind word or two about how Enrollify has helped inspire you or helped teach you something new about marketing on social media. It would really, really, really mean a lot to, to the whole Enrollify and Element team, but to me personally as well. So if you've gotten any value of any of the content that we've ever produced, share a quick story or, or a quick thought about us on social. That would be wonderful. Well, thanks so much for being here, guys, and get ready. We've got so much in store that I can't wait to share with you all soon. But for now, back to the podcast. And just for folks' edification too, I think as of the recording of this episode, you all launched your Pathify portal a couple of weeks ago. So we're on week three. Yep. <laughs> Cheers to that. That is awesome. Thank you. And yeah, I think such a great way to go about it of like the, you know, interviews and getting that input and even just like, I think interesting having your all's perspective, living and breathing like digital experiences, like that might just be a little bit out of the comfort zone of other folks who like, do earnestly see the value and relevance and the importance of it, but like, don't, you know, kind of immerse themselves in it as much. And then just like, what you're speaking to, like, it's even less so necessarily about any particular, like a particular tool or anything, but just that like, influence that the world is having on students expectation of digital experiences, and even like that understanding, and having that influence sort of impacting decisions of like, we, have, we need to sort of try to keep pace with that will then sort of direct you as to like, okay, well, we need to kind of amplify more. So over here in terms of whatever tools and those sort of things, it's not even like necessarily thinking about like, oh, we need to be like the Netflix of <laughs> college or something, you know, because everybody always like says that or whatever. But like, it is an idea of like, what I was kind of interpreting, you know, as you sort of like, the first step of sort of making that acknowledgement, and then it's like, okay, well, what's the implication there? It's like, remove friction in as many points as you can like that idea of like the recommendations or just the like you know get what i want when i want it and that sort of thing so the idea of like somebody earnestly is like interested in your institution is either like trying to like put in an application and request information or register for you know like for me like recently it's been like going and looking at different institutions to try to like find like certificate programs and register for courses. And like part of it has been that like the places that were responsive, that's my questions or just sort of easy to navigate and find information. And, you know, then I can compare stuff like it just, yeah, like it, it just went a really long way. Cause like, it's just objectively that people are going to bail out of processes that have like, you know, 
too much friction or too many hurdles or like certainly like in my case is like if I didn't know how much something was going to cost or how long it was going to take and all that it's like I can't even like you know really compare that to anything else that I'm looking at so that's definitely not going to be you know a kind of a compelling option but yeah it's it's really great stuff and I think conversations that I've been having is that like that's something that has to be a continuous process I think it's sort of one of the final thoughts on this question I'll have is like that user input and that like it it can't be like one and done. I think people sometimes will sort of like check a box or something. And it's just like trying to like keep that going as much as you can too. So it's good that that was sort of like part of the origin story of, you know, the portal that that was sort of something that you took on. I think it's also a recognition. This is something that, you know, private industry for a long time has understood that the experience that a customer has in your building or on your website or you know, finishing a a purchase via your shopping cart, that experience is your brand to the customer. And that is something that I think is finally starting to translate in higher ed, where they're understanding that the process of registering for a class, right? Like this clunky process, connecting to the SIS, whatever, that is defining the brand for our students, for our current students. And they're telling their friends. And if that's a clunky process filled with a ton of friction that is confusing or or even misleading that's killing your brand as a higher ed institution if however a student goes to register for classes and they go i'm really interested in this course when is it offered i click which one i'm interested in it's a very smooth like shopping cart like experience that is a positive point to your brand and students are going to say much more likely to say gosh going to ferris is really easy this is just easy. They make it easy for me to focus on being a bulldog and focusing on my classes. And I don't have to worry about all the confusing processes they make me jump through. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, I mean, it's just like the the value, you know, like your brand's value of like care, you know, caring about, you know, their experience or their convenience or, you know, their respecting their time and all that kind of stuff and i think certainly for today's students it's like you know somebody them work part-time or full-time or you know just have other like family obligations and things like that so it's just like hey like yeah let's make this as easy and simple as possible because again it's like good on you for even just like again like you earnestly are like i want to do this i'm trying to yeah register those sort of things and yeah it's a shame where people either quit or bail out or like what you're saying like go without where it's just like man if i had this resource like you know that would have helped so much and it's like we did have it and it's yeah that like you know that is awful that you made decisions in a vacuum or you just went without because i think yeah like making something more personalized or easily searchable and things findable and everything and even just like you know digital tools like pathify that like allow with like groups or something where it could just be like okay hey you know what like I'm raising the the white flag here. Like, it's just like, you can get help from peers, you know, very easily. And those sort of things, like there's a lot of different avenues just through this one place where you can kind of be kind of really investing into as like the user, but then also contouring, you know, the experience on the administration side, but your work being in communication, marketing and everything specifically, like, I'm just curious your perspective, I guess, on like, because obviously, yeah, a lot has changed over the past several years, a lot of different tools and different things. And I think that's, there's always sort of this temptation of like, well, we just got to get the bright, new, shiny thing or whatever else. So like, 
in what ways does like communicating with like different constituents and stakeholders and things like affect the digital tools that you're leveraging? Like how much do you allow that kind of like ebb and flow to come into your work? Yeah, sure. So I, I think the, the biggest change that I've seen as far as our work goes is when I, when I got started, it was like, Hey, write a great line of copy that's inclusive of these 15 audiences that we're trying to serve. The evolution of realizing that that doesn't work has been slow and somewhat painful because we went to, well, we can't serve all these audiences with just one website. So we better have a whole bunch of subdomains. And then that becomes a, a terrible thing to manage. So, oh, we got to get rid of these subdomains and go back to just writing inclusive copy to finally the realization that if we take advantage of tools that allow us to personalize our points of entry for all of our audiences, then we can serve those audiences in a significantly... So we we utilize a CMS that allows us to provide those personalized messages and images and total page experiences to different audiences. And a great example that I, I love to use is... Uh, first, we are a, a first-generation first institution at Ferris. So we we serve one in four Ferris students will be the first in their family to earn a college degree, which I am super passionate about. As a student who went to school feeling somewhat unprepared for the jargon and the acronyms and the all of the many confusing things that we take for granted in higher ed, I knew that those first generation students we're not going to be able to say, if we just said, oh, here's the FAFSA. It's like, well, what, what's the FAFSA, right? There's so many students who don't understand that this is the free application for federal student aid. And sometimes you need to spell that out. What does it mean to fill out the FAFSA? So using our CMS, we're able to personalize those messages to students based on whatever data we know about them. So if they're a first-generation student, we have resources that walk them through steps that maybe a student whose parents have been to the university or they're a legacy or something like that. We don't really need to handhold them through that part of the process, but we can give a little more information to a first-generation student or an adult student who is coming back and is worried about childcare. If we recognize that, we can provide that information. If we know that you're a student who has is coming from out of state or out of the or internationally, we can provide you with the information about your tuition rates and how that's going to change. And this means that those students don't need to dig for that information on their own and creates a lot less friction in the process of going from, oh, I'm kind of interested in this place to, wow, I'm really interested in becoming a fair state bulldog. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting to hear, but it makes a lot of sense. The idea that like you had a platform like your CMS that was flexible to allow personalization versus like what you're saying, like when it starts to get this sort of like digital sprawl of like, oh, subdomains and this and that, like, or, you know, something else. And then even I think the paradigm that has been hard to break, I feel like that I've, I've seen more people sort of mention as a pain point is that idea of like, hey, just do the one thing that's sort of been kind of like, you know, whitewash to be sort of okay for everybody or something and like it's super vague and not specific or whatever but if there's something if there's a digital tool that allows you to communicate in a flexible personalized way to different audiences and stuff like that's really powerful and that, that you don't have to like you know make it simple simplified to a point that it's like not relevant or engaging or have to like try to you know utilize a bunch of different tools to try to just like complete like a task of like, you know, sending out, you know, some sort of update or something. So um, 
That is, yeah, it's really interesting. I just, I like that sort of that notion of like what you were able to achieve with that. I think, I mean, it allows us to really address the student journey holistically, right? If we can understand that this is a student who we've never made contact with, we need to provide them with those brand messages and give them a simple entry point. That's great. If we can understand via our CRM connected to our CMS, that this is a student who has gone so far as to apply, we can provide them with their next steps. And this, this, all of this is about addressing that student journey as much as possible from beginning to end and just making it easy. Just make it easy so that they can take the next step that they're interested in taking. Yeah, it, it's just really powerful. I think just like the mindset shift. And I think, again, it just feels like that you're operating in a way with sort of like what I have coined as sort of like that digital first mindset. Like you're starting from there, even if it is like kind of the, the parallel that you're drawing of like, obviously people are using Amazon to get a physical good delivered to that. And it's like still even like there's a pretty close barrel for higher ed that it's like all this could be ending up with a student walking into a classroom to get taught by a faculty member. It's not even like doing all this because it's just like, well, campuses are pointless. Everyone's just gonna be teaching online and doing whatever. It's like, it's all sort of blending together. And you're thinking in that digital first mindset, since like you said, it's like, you're probably paying your bill online. You're probably registering for classes online. You're probably gonna like find out what's on the menu at the dining hall online. Like, you know, like all these different things, like you need to have, you know, the mobile experience, the website, everything consistent and available and just that accessibility and that ease, removing those friction points and everything. Like, it's just, yeah, just a mindset shift. And I think that's like, you know, one of my final questions here, like looking more towards the future. And as you're, you know, I think any institutional leader, regardless, I guess, where they are uh, in the, process of implementing different digital tools like i think needs to do this strategic planning to interface with and reckon with sort of the digital transformation and needing to operate in a digital first way what are you seeing on the horizon for your work specifically when it comes to utilizing digital tools well and i i think you you sort of touched on it we need to focus on how do we we're, we're getting better i think at when something is a totally digital process, removing the friction there, right? And we're pretty good at when something is an in-person process, we understand how to move students through those processes in a reasonable way. Where we still continue to fall down a little bit is creating frictionless, frictionless transitions between the physical spaces and the virtual spaces. And one of the biggest reasons that we decided to go with Pathify as our vendor for this new platform was because we felt that the um, community building aspects of Pathify's platform would allow us to start um, making those transitions less and less friction or, or less friction within those transitions. Um, so if I'm a student and I am a part of, uh, let's take student government, for example, I have um, my student government meeting in person in the uh, university center and it's really great but i have extra questions for the rest of the student government body so i run over to pathify after the meeting and i have that question in the student government group it's answered there i can also find all of the upcoming dates for the student government meetings i can find the resources that we've published and i can build that community in both places at once and it should feel seamless i shouldn't feel like i'm communicating with one group over here and one group in a different place so those transitions between the physical space and the virtual space should start to feel absolutely seamless as we build this out. So that's going to be a major challenge for us as we as we understand how people make those transitions and how to smooth them out. 
But I really believe that the um, the number one way to do that in general is building things that are both uh, you know personalized as much as possible, but as much as we can possibly get there, individualized. So when I personalize something, right, I'm I'm building it out. I'm like, okay, this persona, this group of this good chunk of a thousand people or more who are going to come to the website every day, I'm building a message for them. Uh, we say personalized, and it's it's really not. It's it's for a large group of people, right? We're just segmenting that audience. Um, but at some point, we're going to be able to move into individualization, and individualization is going to really require. Uh, new technology. It's going to require AI. I'm not going to do the whole AI, 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 AI thing like like Google, but uh, I do think that those tools are going to come in and help us achieve a really individualized pro- experience for those students. Um, and that's going to be absolutely game changing where we can deliver that content based exactly on their situation specifically at the right time when they need it. So that, that's on the horizon and I can't wait for it to happen. Right. Well, because, yeah, like the, the AI framing that you did, like and it's good people sort of taking a, a measured approach and knowing this, like it's something that is going to impact our work. It's not going to like, you know, take over the world or, you know, whatever. But uh, that it it already it's building upon the foundation or the values or the priorities, like the things that, it, you know, is only going to make them easier or better, all the above and all that. But I do really like that you mentioned the in-person to digital transitions and vice versa, you know, like, because that is certainly, yeah, like, objectively more complex, but is, I think, like, the ideal state that the modality, like, there's a lot there, because it's like, one, just the examples you mentioned are, are great. And to me, too, it's the idea that, like, you start to kind of wash away sort of any sort of like ideas about the modality of anything. Like the idea would be like, okay, you have those student government meetings and they're available for people to like tune in remotely or attend in person and yeah, you know, engage asynchronously before or after, or like almost like not making a huge kind of to do about like, well, are you in the online MBA program? Or are you in like the on ground? What like sometimes like it, there's like completely different processes or different things. It's like you're applying to the program. It's the same. You're just sort of clicking into a different modality, which you could also change if it's like, oh, actually, you know, yeah, I'm a working professional in this MBA program on ground. I just got promoted to an incredible job, but it's going to make me move to somewhere else. And it's like, cool, okay, yeah, just like, take your classes online, like no big deal. So like all of those sort of things are, I think, going to be what's on the horizon is like continually sort of like. Uh, integrating into sort of the processes, just sort of the um, the culture of the institution to try to yeah identify those transition points and uh, easing them as much as possible. Because yeah, I think it is exactly what you said. It's super, you know, it's super easier, much easier to build a completely digital like workflow or process for like an online student who's never going to come on campus. But then it's the idea of like, you know, if somebody was on ground, but wanted to use that process or something like you could just anticipate things where it's like, Oh, we didn't design with that in mind or something or whatever. But so I think, yeah, all really great perspectives and great things for folks to think about. But in honor of our partner for this content series, we will take a cue from the connected campus podcast here on higher ed geek and ask you as we finish up this episode, what does a connected campus look and or feel like to you? Yeah, so I, I mean, I think uh, connected campus to me, we at Ferris, we love to brag about our small class sizes. We love to talk about how caring our faculty and our advisors are. And we hear this from our students all the time, that this is one of the reasons that they love Ferris, because they feel like we are a campus that cares about them. 
Um, and I want to see us use um, our digital tools, our physical tools, any tool at our disposal to translate that experience that students are feeling on campus to absolutely wherever they are. So whether they are in an online program or they are at one of our many hubs across the state of Michigan where we can provide access points to students, they're feeling that exact same experience of this is a place that cares about me. And I believe that it is really that virtual to in-person transition that I mentioned before that's going to allow us to create that feeling for students. So for me, Connected Campus, it really just means extending the experience for students wherever they are. And as someone who loves metaphors, for something my brain went to one of like that idea of like connection between transitions and everything like that level of care is like, you know, connection, it's like cohesive, it's tight and all that, where it's like, without it, it's like, you know, the transitions that you're making are over like a rickety bridge where it's like, yeah, you can get across, but it's kind of like, you know, you're like not feeling like stable or kind of like, oh, this doesn't, you know, this doesn't feel safe. So the idea of like, you know, okay, we have this bridge to go from here to there, physical, digital, vice versa, whatever it is. We want to make sure that is like a tight, sturdy bridge that is supportive, that is caring, and it's just like you know cohesive and everything. That's just sort of where my mind went because it's sometimes like everybody can kind of understand when you get like these sort of you know emotional metaphors and that feeling that like that that care that can come across in in so many different ways. And yeah, whether you're online or in person and everything. Really appreciate amazing perspectives that you had and, and the work that you're doing, and for you taking some time to hang out and do this episode here and. Uh, uh, yeah, we have ways to uh, follow up with you to keep the conversation going if folks are interested and um, yeah just thank you again so much for your time yeah thanks very much and if anybody's interested they can find me on LinkedIn hey all Zach here from Enrollify if you like this podcast chances are you'll like other Enrollify shows too our podcast network is growing by the month and we've got a plethora of marketing admissions and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories ideas and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional our shows feature a selection of the industry's best as your hosts learn from mickey baines jeremy tears jamie hunt corinne myers jamie gleason and many many more you can learn more about the enrollify podcast network at podcasts.enrollify.org Our shows help higher ed marketers and admissions professionals find their next big idea. Find yours at podcasts.enrollify.org.